Now recording. Now recording. Now recording. All right. Monday Monday is going to be cyberpunk news. I'm so excited. You're so excited. I still haven't like looked at anything about cyberpunk. So I was going to do the intro in Hatties, but like there's no like really good translator for certain words in Hatties. So this is going to be English. Welcome back to Casual Outlaws. Today we're discussing Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. What was that, Chris? I think you broke up again. I said howdy. Howdy. Breaking up a lot. Howdy. Yeah. All right. So um, we don't have Nate right now because apparently he's working. A wall. Yeah. Oh, is he is he actually working? Okay. Well, it's either working or work related. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He also hurt his back. I guess again. Yeah. Oh no, he hurt his neck before, right? Uh, I don't know. He's always had some kind of back issue. Um, but apparently he hurt his back during the week, so that's kind of sucked. All right. Go ahead and start us off with a summary, Andy. Yeah, so Heir to the Empire takes place about nine years after Empire... No, not Empire Strikes, Return of the Jedi. In this case, um, the Empire is still around. They're called the Imperial Remnant at this point. Uh, They hold about 25% of the worlds that they had before. Uh, Ever since the death of Palpatine... It seems like the Empire is not as effective as they were before, which we will discuss in a little bit later. Anyway, um, Grand Admiral Thrawn is now in control of the Empire, and they are he's trying to make a push and trying to bring the Empire back to its full might again. We have Luke Skywalker, who's no longer part of the military presence of the New Republic, Leia, it's now Leia Organa Solo. She's now married to Han Solo. She is pregnant with twins. They are getting the New Republic started up. Han Solo has also resigned his commission as general. Uh, we still have uh, Admiral Akbar, and we also have Borsk Fela, who's a boffin, which has still not appeared in any of the movies. <laughs> Anywho, um, Admiral Thrawn figures out that there's these creatures called the Salamari, and they basically push back the Force, but he also needs the assistance of a dead Jedi who's been cloned, and he's kind of insane. His name is uh, Jeruus Sabayah, which is not any way how it's spelled in the book. And um, he promises Sabayah Jedi to train in the form of Leia, her twins, and Luke. Of course, being part of the Empire, that's not entirely true. He's probably he's playing it a bit underhanded with that. And so throughout the book, we have multiple attempts on Leia. We have a couple of attempts on Luke. Um, we actually get to go to Kashyyyk at one point in terms of trying to protect Leia. And we also learn that these Nogri, who were brought back in Rebels, uh, are actually kind of worshippers of Vader. and because of their natural abilities, they can sense that Leia, via her scent, is actually part uh, part of that family. So it, the book ends basically with her having made an agreement to meet with them and see what's going on and potentially have some kind of deal against the Imperial Remnant. With Luke, he was actually contacted by Jeruus Sabayoth. Uh, via some kind of mind link through the Force. And he believes he's just a an old Jedi Master who's been hiding out since Order 66. And he's set out to go and find them. Meanwhile, Han has been trying to make negotiations with smuggling organizations to get more support for the New Republic in terms of just having trade routes set up and ships that can actually move these supplies around. And... This is just the start of this trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy, whereby you have to read the rest to see what happens. All right. I don't think uh, Berger liked it, but that's because Berger doesn't like anything. He's much of a Star Wars fan, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this book, I guess, really didn't stand a chance with me. Uh, like, I think if I had read this book before um, The Last Jedi, uh, 
I probably would have been really excited before uh, The Force Awakens, probably. Um, just because I wasn't as done with Star Wars as I am in this modern era where it just fucked Star Wars. Oh, uh, um, since you mentioned that, I should also mention that this book came out in 91 and the subsequent books were 92 and 93. They are before the prequels, before the Clone Wars was what the Clone Wars is now. All of that continuity is just not part of this. Yeah, it would have been before Order 66, like you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, there was there was still the Great Jedi Purge, but yeah. yeah right. Detailed or at all. Yeah, so, like, in that context, so, it's almost like you have to read this book with that framing in mind. Yeah. Yeah, and I really tried my best. Yeah. And there would be moments where I'm like, man, you know, it'd be great if this wasn't, or, like, this, is, this isn't as stupid as that other thing. It's kind of the problem, is that, like would be constantly reminded of that other thing. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of poisoned, poisoned, kind of poisoned the my whole experience of this book. Yeah. Because, like, anytime they... There was, like, a lot of uh, quotes from the Star Wars movies they kept reusing. Like, they were catchphrases for characters. Yeah. And it's just, like, somebody's... I get uh, Rich Evans from Red Letter Media in the back of my head going, remember Star Wars, guys? And it's just, like... And it like it like makes me groan internally, and I just couldn't separate it from this book. Like, there's the book's fine, honestly. Like, there are a couple of things that it's, it's kind of dumb. The book itself, but like in terms of like if I was looking for more, if I was looking for like Star Wars fiction that wasn't entirely stupid, um, I think it's a good place for people to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing, so like I said, I haven't, before I said that I haven't read this book in a very long time, and I think I even read it before I ever played Knights of the Old Republic. I thought battle meditation was a thing that was created for that game, and no, apparently battle meditation was invented in this book. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. there's... There, a nerd. There a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This book, this book, all, I almost stopped reading this book at chapter two, though. Um, as soon as, like, uh, the first two chapters were really a real big slog for me to get through. Because the first chapter, we start off with, like, Theron, and, mm -hmm. and we're getting introduced to him. And, like, they're trying to, like, set him up to be, like, this big spooky guy who's in charge of the, the fleet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he goes into his office, and it's like, oh, there's all this artwork. And it's just like why are you looking at all this artwork of some alien culture? How is this relevant to our thing? And it's like, and it's all this like set up to, so that way he can completely demolish a couple of ships that appear in their space. And like at the end of the chapter, and it's, it's sort of like this lazy fantasy racism that I think a lot of people have been working to get out of that kind of made my eyes roll. Um, where like, a a race of people kind of gets boiled down to one characteristic, and that's that like race of aliens, or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it's just like it doesn't make a lot of sense because the whole book wants to talk about exceptional people, um, but if you aren't like a named character, then nobody pretends that exceptional people exist, and that and so it's like you get this like quasi. What I call fantasy racism, where it's just like, oh, we know them by their one trait, and then we push that, we push them out of our mind because it's not actually important. They're that one trait that shows up for the scene. And then the second chapter almost lost me when it did this a really annoying kind of fourth wall break that people do, uh, where he, where he has his, where Luke Skywalker has his beverage, and he's like, yeah, Lando taught me about it. It's this super Hot cool chocolate. beverage. And yeah, and C-3PO's, like, he's all concerned because uh, uh, Lando's, a, Lando's a, a bad dude or whatever. Like, he's a, he's a ruffian of sorts. And he's like, yeah, it's a ruffian. And he's like, character. turn to camera, it's hot chocolate. And it's like, it's the most brain-inducing thing that has ever happened to me. It was just like, oh my god, this is so... Hot hate... chocolate can't exist in the Star Wars universe? It's not that it can't exist. It's that it wouldn't be called hot chocolate. How do you know? Uh, Why not? They call dogs dogs in the Star Wars universe. 
Yeah, and I wouldn't really be happy, you know. In terms of like an evolutionary biology thing, it's really annoying for it to exist. It just it's makes Star me... Wars way too seriously. Yeah. It's Star Wars. Yeah, that is, that is <laughs> definitely right, you're taking an it issue. To, you're taking it to a level that's way beyond itself. It's not trying to be like this intelligent. I get it. I get it. It's not doing all right. <laughs> I get it. It just it, it it's one of those things where it's just it it is looking at you. It is it is the office looking at you in the eye, being like, mm. like it's. It was adorable. It's not adorable. Writers need to stop this. It, it was is cute. I enjoyed it. Hot chocolate's great. Yeah. I mean, why can't Luke Skywalker have hot chocolate? Yeah. Huh? Can't have why would you take that from him? Why would you He's take the hot, Jedi hot Master, hot sir. Yeah. Uh, master's a strong word for, for my, Luke at that time. My issue with fantasy books is when they use like proper nouns. You can use adjectives. Like you could say it's like it's a very hot and chocolatey drink, but if you call it the like noun version like it's hot chocolate like that's a specific uh parallel that exists within our world that is completely uh a fourth wall breaking thing uh that i think is really groany to me and so, i really hate so it in you, fantasy you, you think it should have just become like chalk hot chalk you can't, if it it wouldn't have annoyed me if you said it's a hot and chocolatey drink um called and make up fantasy name versus it's hot chocolate like the the like the shorthand for like how we would use adjectives versus proper nouns existing in a in a fantasy world literally drives me up a wall. It's a pet peeve of mine in uh, fiction. And call it I moist I wonder, cocoa. I wonder how you would feel about what they call coffee in the Star Wars universe. I mean, it's 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 just I called ca- it's just called calf. Yeah, no, that's fine. Like as long as it's like not a direct. Thing like because a lot of things can get called uh, ca- like uh, cafes and things like that. It's technically it would probably work. It depends if I like read it or not, or if it was like a brand deal. If it was like if we were watching a movie and it was like a weird product placement, it's calf, and I I would fucking throw something at the screen at that case. Uh, it's just more of an issue with like using this this noun that way that drives me up a wall. And I almost like, put the I- when I was listening, I had a feeling, oh yeah, Burger's gonna have a comment about this. <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's so bad. I hate it when people I hate it when writers do this. I really do. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Not not do it. Too late. It was ninety one. It happened. I get it. You can't and go like, back and change it now. It's too I think the things I'm like so like uh like when Hong would say like I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, um, over and over again. He's, he says well, it multiple times. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think it would... It, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if it weren't for Red Letter Media and uh, Rich Evans. Uh, that kind of thing, where, like, it's just, like, a thing. Because, like, it feels very 80s, where, like, you have your characters and they have their catchphrases. And, like, it works if I think about it as, like, an 80s movie, but it does not hold up today, I don't think. And it's kind I'm- of... Really sure if this was the first book of the expanded universe or not. I I want to look it up, but I haven't done so because yeah, there's several several Star Wars books out there, but like yeah. so much of uh, like a lot of the expanded universe was actually set up by this book. Like the character Mara Jade, she shows up in a lot of other books afterward, and she becomes a very important character. Um, the twins become very important characters. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like. Uh, it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me if I had read it before uh, Disney got a hold of Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's like it, this is even even without the prequels because it's before all that. Like clone, like they mentioned the the cloning cylinders, which is not at all how the clones worked in Clone Wars. So there was a there was a whole lot of other stuff going into play with that. Um, yeah, and you'll and. The, the the different naming schemes for like clones and stuff like you'll see that if you decide to finish the series you'll see more of that in that I, I of course I thoroughly enjoyed the book the only thing that that really bugged me was the the sound effects and the music like when it when I first got into it I was like okay no that's cool and then like in the middle I was like okay it's getting a little annoying and then towards the end I was like you know what I'm cool with it again 
Uh, didn't like the sound effects. It did, they, they weren't like a deal breaker for me. The only thing that I thought was kind of bad is that his Han Solo impression was very dog shit. I thought it was very bad. I would have preferred it's, no impression. I think his Han, if you listen to his Han Solo impression at not 1.0 speed, it actually sounds a lot better. It's just he, he speaks too slow no, for it to be Han Solo for me. It's bad either way because I listened to most of this book at 1.5 because I was I was groaning a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, it just didn't bother me. I was fine. Uh, I was not concerned about it personally. So like all the other voices were okay. I just really hated the Han voice. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. He just doesn't like Han Solo. Yeah, I guess. Too many one-liners. That, that's why he likes the yeah. Force Awakens so much because Han Solo gets fucking murdered. Yeah, sure. Best scene in the movie. <laughs> they killed the actor that n- most did not want to have anything to do with the movie. That's true. <laughs> he wanted to be done by Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. But he yeah. wanted the money. Yeah. He has more planes to crash in a field somewhere. Um, he has been in a lot of crashes recently. <laughs> he crashes a plane like every year or something. It's insane. I The, movie, the book was fine. I... I the one thing that did go through my head, like while reading it, was like, "Oh man, I would, I wish this was the actual sequel." <laughs> yes. <laughs> like oh it's just God. better already. Like it's just better, right? But I don't know if that's like the hardest bar to cross. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right, but this is like an actual story that's been written um, that could be crossing that bar, and I haven't read too many like. And the the three anything. parts of it, the three yeah. parts of it are also done by the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having as, one vision. As a general fan that doesn't have as much disdain as Burger does, um, I thought they did, like, when I think of Rebels, when mm-hmm. they introduced Thrawn, I thought they did a good job with overall, like, who the character is based off this book. I was like, read the book, and then I, like, I'll think about the Rebels cartoon and Thrawn in the cartoon. I'm like, oh, they're char- he, they did a pretty good job, like, taking his personality him, yeah. and over... To best they could. I thought that was really cool. And um, the Nogri. And the Nogri, yeah. Because Rook, Rook was also in Rebels. Yes, he was. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. But the book is fine. It's There's nothing like... If this was canon, I would be more interested in reading the next books. <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, I really wish this would have been I'm just canon. interested in the world building, right? Because... Uh, yeah. That world building, I like Thrawn overall, um, and Mara Jade. I don't like the use of clones in general. Well, um, personally, yeah, then you don't want to keep reading. Well, the the thing, the the clone yeah. stuff, the clone stuff is really just kind of it only happens in two different occasions throughout the series. So, and we we already met one of the clones. That's Druids. Yeah. My problem um, with clones in general is a lot of times it's used as plot armor. Yeah. To make things convenient. Right. And same as like time travel. Mm-hmm. Like those are like two big things that are used as plot armor. And then the problem with Star Wars is they also use the force as plot armor. So like when you start combining like clones and then the force as like plot armor, like it's like, oh God, okay. So it, so the question is, do you want me to kind of go more into the other books to no. explain something? Okay. No, I may eventually read it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to double check because there there yeah. are there are certain things with the force and clones that are, get involved in there. I struggled finding the ability to care a lot in this book. Like there's there's so little building of the empire end of it. Like they're just sort of like faceless bad. Well, not faceless. They have a face. It's the Theron guy. They're just bad guy though. Like uh, Star Wars has always been bad about like building faces of like even like the rebel alliance in the original yeah, like look, right like where'd you guys get all the ships and like how did you guys it's pretty much always just kind of black and white good and evil We're yeah trying like, to do it how do you fight the... the empire how do you win endor it doesn't make any sense there's no way you should have won endor right like yeah like um they're trying to do some world building on the rebel side like with a. Uh... The infighting with Borsk Fela and um, yeah, all that kind of stuff, and having yeah. Leia go as an ambassador trying to recruit worlds. Yeah. And there's absolutely no counterpart to this on the Empire side. Like I, 
don't know why they're fighting at all. Like if they're down to 25%, um, they're hard up on money. Like it seems like peace talks to negotiate some kind of integration into something to work something out would be like your most logical conclusion uh, for someone like Thrawn. Um, like it doesn't, it, there's, I, I don't know their motivation to keep fighting other than uh, mm. we need a bad guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I that think Star gets... Wars in general is really bad about that. Like, because yeah. you're, like, you were saying, like, Thrawn, why wouldn't he try to, like, build alliances with the smugglers, right? To, yeah. To do stuff, like, to ship goods. Well, and I mean, whatnot, he, he was of... basically trying to work with the smugglers, kind of, sort of. Not really. Not to, like, build an empire. No, no, definitely not for that. He was, yeah, he was, yeah. see... he was using them, though, but, yeah. We don't see any state trapped from the empire side of it. Um, which is important when you are the head of a state is to have statecraft, I think. Um, when we get sort of, when we get it from the rebel side, like, yeah, we understand that they would have struggles setting up a new galactic government or whatever, but there needs to be some machine that already exists within the empire and keeps perpetuating itself. And we don't get any of that. And it's just like, why are they even fucking fighting? I don't. Well, see, I don't care. The, the way that I interpret it, at least, is that it seems like, at least from what I understand the Empire, they kind of just control things through the military. So really what exists here in the Imperial Remnant is their, the Imperial Navy and the Imperial Military. And that's how they rule. They basically just do it by subjugation. They take what they can, and then they, they hold it. Yeah, but, but you don't run a government that way. Yeah, that well, just, I that's mean, just that, how that's how the empire has always been run. It's pretty much just subjugation. No, no, really. It, no, that's not how it runs. Like, uh, you have, like, the emperor would have counselor. Like, even we see in the Star Wars movies, he has counselors that he would the talk Moss. to. He has the Moss, the Grand Moss, which were in, which were military personnel, but they acted as governors. Yeah, they're but they are functions of state, um, as as much as they are, you know, uh, military personnel. Uh, we don't we don't see any functions of state. We just see Thrawn <laughs> issuing battle orders and getting things ready for uh, military missions. There's nothing behind the scenes that's like, oh, we're struggling with these sectors. These worlds have these needs. This world doesn't have any food for some reason. Like there's there's they don't care. Zero. Yeah, no, they're just they're just the bad guy for Luke Skywalker yeah. to get chased by, and it's and it's very it's very boring. Um, you learn but more. Well, unless, unless, so like Star Wars has never been about like that kind of stuff though, right? So you don't, you don't go to Star Wars for that type of detail or content. You go to Star Wars because it's Star Wars, right? It's about well, good and evil. It's not about like, I think that was like a big problem with the prequels, right? People, because people are like, so they did all the, the Senate stuff. And then there's the Senate. And that was like a big prop, like a big problem with a lot of people with, the prequels because of that politics stuff. I don't think that that is the fault of star Wars so much as it is the fault of the medium, like trying to explain politics in a movie is going to be hard. Um, and it's going to be a lot of wordy and it's very lost when you have the to do something in a long form work of fiction, like a book like this, you get to build upon it. You get to fill in those gaps of where the shorthand of the movie, uh, falls short. And is that what people are going to Star Wars for? You know yeah. what I mean? Are, no, I think so. we have to look Maybe. at it also from the author's point. Like all he had if to go by were a, the movies, so he's going to try to make the book as close to the movies as possible. Have you seen Wikipedia? Like, are you kidding me? Of course they. Yeah, but care you're about talking that. about you're talking about. I mean, in general, books is already a niche group of people that are going to read books. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Would I don't a, know if I agree with that. Very niche group of people be into very niche things, the fantasy yeah. series that they are diehard fans of. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't even think that's a controversial statement. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I just don't know if that's where the writer. It's not is a strength of to, the, right. Sure, it's not a strength of the Star Wars movies. But so then we're saying, but we get this book here. It's like, okay, so they're doing all of these things. That's fine. And like, if all you wanted was more, uh, I don't think Skywalker and Star Wars Leia. in general, though, even the books, for the most part. What was that, Chris? I don't think that's the strength of Star Wars as a 
as a series is that type of detail. Sure, it might not be a strength, but to me in this book, it's a very big weakness. Yeah. Well, like you're right, this book had a potential to address those. Yeah, like it, right. it's it's a thing where like at some point you got to be like, why the fuck is anybody doing any of this? This doesn't make any sense. Like it's if you're trying to, if you're trying to do world building, there's there's these blocks that are the foundation of your story that are missing. That's you're not the world up, building. I can't hear you. God, what is going on with my thing today? Uh, I don't think that's the type of world building, at least what Star Wars is really concerned about. There's, again, like Andy was saying, it's more about good versus evil. That's always kind of been well, originally good Star versus Wars evil and family, right? Yeah. So, originally, but, Star Wars is a metaphor for World War II. Like, it's all just a direct metaphor for World War II. And that's fine. Um, but... And like it's a very it's a very flat good versus evil kind of story, um, and that's fine if it stays in a movie. Like it's it's very good work for the medium of film. But now we're at this book where you know we're we're trying to work through Luke Skywalker's feelings um, about having to like be a Jedi Master and go and uh, Leia's. Um, work as trying to become a Jedi as well as still be Princess Leia and represent pe- represent people um, in that way. Yeah. And so when you have Leia who does all of this uh, statecraft stuff and she has direct opposition like uh, in the form of the Empire, we need a foil for her statecraft stuff. There's there's because like what, like if you're if you think about it logically, they're trying to work through all of these alliances. Like, you have to wonder what the, what is it, demarcation point is for the Empire. Like, where does this end? Like, that's something that you would think about as an ambassador, and that's something that needs to be seen in order for our characters, in order to be able to get there naturally. Other words, it's going to be some arbitrary, uh, we blew up the Star Destroyer, and now evil is vanquished. And it's, and it's when you're trying to, like, <laughs> I think when you're trying to put all of this detail in the world building and building the rebellion and turning it into uh, the new, I forget new what they kept calling it, new republic. Thank you. Um, like it's it clutches. If you're trying to add nuance over here, but you completely lack it over here, it just clashes, in my opinion. About Thrawn is that Thrawn? He's also con- he was. Con- the Grand Admirals were considered warlords. That was their whole thing. Their whole thing was war. It wasn't statecraft. That's what he is. So that's probably also why he's written as just purely being military man. This is what I want. This is and also the beginning of the book is prefaced I mean, with with him. He's like, I have this goal. This is my mission. That's what we see happen throughout his story in the book. It's him getting to this point of getting those moles. Um, those mole ships getting to that shipyard and trying to take these capital ships. Yeah, it's a very clever plan, and it works in terms of the story. That's not the issue. I don't have an issue with the tactics of General Thrawn. Um, no, I know. But, like, even Genghis Khan has ministers and officials that uh, represented his uh, empire. Like, you, there is no way to escape logistics and statecraft. There's no way to escape it. Like, they just it's, did it. <laughs> no, I well, I think I agree with you 100%. We, yeah, we I, noticed the lack of it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I just don't think that's like the intent of this book or the intent of the world building at all and that's why it's not there. You will see um you know Yeah, I mean? that's fine. Yeah, no, it could not yeah. be the intent, but I think that it is a very a big weakness. It's a disservice to the story and yeah. if someone's like, "Hey, are these books good?" and it's like you know, there's like this whole section of the thing going there, but like if you don't, if you're not paying enough attention to it, then like you're gonna have some fun with some Jedi stuff. But all the stuff that isn't Jedi kind of sucks. Yeah. So like if you were to say recommend this book, like someone's like, hey, I just want to like a quick fun book that's more actiony. Yeah, this, there was a lot of action in this book. Yeah, right. This is probably the book. But if you want like real deep world building, this is not. I mean, it's semi. It has some of the stuff because it introduces new characters. 
It's but, trying. There's and, a lot. But, there's a lot of. There's a lot more world building from what I remember in um, the second book, and then it all comes to a close in the third book. But then the same writer, he eventually came out with um, the Hand of Thrawn duology. So it's two other books that take place about, I think, ten years after these. Um, that one, you find out a lot more about the Chiss, the Chiss ascendancy, and why Thrawn was who he was and why he acted the way he did. Essentially, the writer was able to sit down and like really think about things. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it also it sets that. up it sets up the whole use of Ong War. Oh yeah, yeah. and more yeah, clones. That, like that's how. I, what what's that? More clones. There wasn't any clones. Palpatine was a clone, right? Yeah, but that's not use of Ong. Oh no. No. I think there's like a thousand clones spread out throughout the galaxy. Or something the, 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 there, there is some, there is some Emperor Palpatine clone stuff, but that does not touch the the Yuuzhan Vong War. It doesn't touch the Thrawn sure. stuff. Wasn't but, the Vong the Vong War the uh, the war that Palpatine was preparing for? Yes, he was. Right? That's, why, that's, that's why. That's what, why, that's that's what why the Chiss ascendancy the was. That's yeah. what the Chiss ascendancy was. That's why he let Thrawn be who Thrawn was because he had. His chiss basically being prepared for the Vong. Yeah. And that's like, there's that, that meme where like the Emperor is actually like a hero, but we, yeah. we destroyed him. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm building this, I'm building this empire because there's a greater enemy out there that's coming. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of? So I know you liked Mara Jade. What'd you guys think of Mara Jade? She's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, you f- the thing is, yeah, like they didn't they didn't build her character enough in this book. Like you just no. all, all you know about her is like I hate Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it was, it was kind of thing. one note, and it got kind of boring. Um, I think her little arc of learning to not hate her main character as much as she did before was a little uh, bog standard. Um, but it wasn't offensive or anything like that. It was just like. You knew what it was before you you went on to the next chapter. It's just um, like, oh, okay. Um, um, I bet we're going to have to team them up at some point. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, she's Emperor's Hand, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's kind of like, sounds like yeah. a pairing. Uh, um, there, there's more to, there's more to um, their relationship and all that stuff. In, I, yeah, there's always more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her being the Emperor's hand made sense because Emperor always had a backup plan to his apprentices. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is you know, why... Is she, she Force-sensitive or not? She is. She is Force-sensitive, but she's not trained like a Dark Jedi or a Jedi or anything like that. She's basically just really good at her job because of the fact that she can use the Force. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Emperor always... Palpatine always chose Force-sensitive people to... Yeah, to be his right hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. As as backup plans. Yeah, there was just the scene on Dagobah where she, Luke's dreaming and she like force pulls the lightsaber or something like that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were saying that she's a force sensitive because he like has the he's interacting with her and he doesn't and he isn't like oh you could be a Jedi. Let me. Train well, the, you. well, uh, see the thing is he uh, doesn't he doesn't really realize what she is because he can't really feel it because he's surrounded by those fucking the Salamari. So they're they're pushing the force back, so he can't actually use the force for a good majority of the time that he's interacting yeah, with her. But he saw her use a force pull in his dream. In a vision. He should be able to say, Yeah, but he should be able to like draw two plus two equals four here and say, like, hey, you probably are force sensitive. You could be a Jedi based upon these visions I have. Oh no, he knows he knows she's force sensitive. When she introduces herself to him, she tells him, It's like, yeah, no, feels kind of weird, right? That, that we can't use the force right now. Um but at the same time, he completely understands she that, say she, that she doesn't use the uh, article here. It's just like, I bet it feels fucked up for you because you can't use the force. Oh, you little punk bitch. That's like, that's the energy she's putting into it. Um, when she when she reveals herself to have been... Is that uh, not the em- energy she's putting into it, Chris? Yeah, yeah. She's got a lot of hate. <laughs> she she lot of hate. does. It isn't, um, it isn't though, like, yeah, it feels weird to me, too, that we can't use the, use the force or anything like that. There's nothing... There's nothing explicit. Like these two characters aren't like they don't talk to each other, which he, is fine because they he hate each other. He definitely realizes it, but like, yeah, he also realizes that she fucking hates him, and he's like I little by little you're trying projecting to... a little bit. Well, like, there, I don't think that there's anything that I get directly from the text, 
that Luke is aware of it. Um, maybe it's something that happens did more actually, later. Did you actually pick up the paperback? True Lefty Man doesn't read. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's fine. There's nothing like uniquely special about her at the moment. Other than she's yeah. Emperor's Hand. I like, you... I like Card. Card's good. I Card's like Card. Card's probably one of the... Probably my favorite new character. Yeah, yeah he's my favorite. Card's I cool. think he's my favorite character of the book. I think everybody else is kind of... Uh, uh... You like guys that play both sides. Yeah. I like... I'll... I like... Okay. I like the here's guys my, that are in the gray area. Yeah. Here's sort of my thesis. I like shitty people because I think all people are basically good, but all people are basically shitty. And I think when you see like people who play both sides, those those are the most human characters you'll see in fiction. Um I think that's where I think that's where people can really shine is when um they aren't the Jedi or the Sith. They're the, the people in the middle, fucking digging, digging the every, to survive. The everyman. I think that's Not why so many people man. liked Han Solo, right? Because he was a smuggler, and it was just this roguish guy. And like, like the whole thing, like when he shot first in the original before the editing, like it yeah. showed that like he's willing to to get his hands dirty and stuff like that. I guess I, I don't. I don't think I've ever been that big of a fan of Han Solo. He's always been very chatty for Remember, me. Remember, his favorite part about The Force Awakens is him dying. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's not, but sure. I don't, I don't care to argue this with you. I think he's always been a little bit too much of a chad. Um, but I think I think he's definitely one of the stronger characters. I think uh, everybody else reads a little flat if you don't have him around. I think that's what makes Lando so good. Uh, because he's sort of like a dialed-up version of Han Solo. Uh, <laughs> Businessman Han Solo. Yeah, like, like yeah. If, if Han Solo had some had Charisma. some swagger, had some swagger <laughs> that felt earned, I guess, rather than just being a guy that's uh, fair, faring to homeless men across the galaxy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, uh. Did you notice the the repeated mentions of uh, slave circuits in this book? Yeah, that's fine. It makes sense if we're talking about computer stuff. Well, no, um, that comes into play big time the next few books. Wait, who cares? Spoilers. Spoilers. I didn't spoil it. I just said, I just said slave circuits. Who cares? I just, I'm... Excited for the next two books is all, just because it's been a while, long while since I've. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the most part, the book's fine. Right. It's fine. Like, yeah, like, I mean, uh, like Burger saying, of... like we have so much like. Star there's so Wars much. There's so much pushing back on. against this because of yeah. all the canon stuff. And I can't yeah. like because it's like it's no longer canon. I can't take it as seriously, which is fine. Usually, I can like be pretty like separate myself from, from stuff like that, but I can't help but, like, think about Kathleen all the other Kennedy stuff that are... ruined the other shit. Yeah. yeah, it's not that it's no longer canon. It's that what is canon, and then you have to, like, try and reconcile all these two pieces of fiction from each other, and it's like, fucking, why? Why do we do it? Why is the world like this sometimes? Why are we on the worst timeline, guys? Please, <laughs> somebody help me. Because it makes the most money. Yeah, fucking whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's all I got really for it. Would you be open to the second book, Chris? Well, I think you already said you would be. Yeah, I'm. Like, I'm not jumping, like rushing to want it. Mm-hmm. Get to the next book, to be honest. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to reading the next book either. Burger, right. you, uh, you, Burger, you said you would kind of recommend it, but you also kind of wouldn't. It just depends on the person that's asking. I would have a stack of recommendations a mile high before I would come down to this book. One thing I would tell anybody, hey, don't read this book. Um, now, yeah, if you're interested in Star Wars, then probably, yeah, go for this book. Yeah, it's not... Yeah. 
I don't know who I would recommend this book to because people who are people who like people who would get into Star Wars today are probably the worst human beings who have ever existed. Um, and people who would be into like so vicious, right? I just I, I just mean like well, Zoomers. I, I, actually, I, well, can, can we can we go a little bit deeper into this this statement of yours where people who get into Star Wars today are garbage humans? Is that because you assume that they automatically prefer the sequels? Or would this also be your opinion if somebody were to say be introduced to the original trilogy? And yeah, let me get through the rest of my statement there because, like, what I'm what I'm saying is that anybody who would get into it today is probably a Zoomer who was able to watch all of these movies and be like, "I want more." And in that case, fuck you, kid. Um, I think anybody who's old enough who's like, "Yeah, I want to get into the uh, like I want to get into the old canon." made that statement like 10 years ago and has already done that i don't know who you would find in like uh like in the tall grass of the pokemon world who isn't aware that this exists and like isn't they're done with star wars or like has a grudge against himself and is like i'm gonna write an essay about why modern star wars is so shit like you know who i would find to recommend this book to anywhere Old people that didn't realize that Star Wars had an expanded universe, but grew up. Yeah, on but I wouldn't care. Those. I'd be like, "Hey, you, you want to read science fiction stuff? There's there's a lot of good science fiction out there." Well, this is science know. fiction. Yeah, or there's good fantasy I'm novels out there. Sure. I would have would be recommending other fantasy. The only way that I would be able to recommend this book is like is to find a person who says I need more Star Wars, and I don't want to talk to that person anymore. I think. Man, the well has certainly uh, been poisoned. Star for Wars you. hate, yeah. Jesus. Ooh, it's it's bad. You know, Star, here's the thing. Star Wars is a great way to get people into either a fantasy or sci-fi genre. It is a gateway drug of sorts, right? Because you introduce them into it a li- like this is like their introductory just to get them through the door. And then you're like, hey, if you really like that, I have something much better. Check this series out. Right. You see, like, I don't know. I think there are better ways to start people in science fiction or fantasy. Yeah, but this is like because it's a pop cultural reference. It's it's more palatable. It's a lot easier. Yeah, but who but who are we finding who has a growing desire in fantasy novels who hasn't seen the Star Wars movies? I think we're talking about a unicorn, is what I'm saying. Oh, um, I, I know a few people in my life that's never watched Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine, but. Yeah. I don't know if that per- like it, it, to you is that person on the cusp of becoming a Star Wars fan or becoming a fantasy fan that Possibly. you're going to be able. We don't know. Do you think There's that only one way to find hard- out? Do you think yeah. it'd be harder for you to get them into uh, Star Wars than it would be for Desmond Files? Depend on the person. I don't know. That's Dresden very, Files is kind of a hard sell. Answer. What? Yeah. I've, is Dresden Files to... a really hard hard sell? Like, yeah, because I talked a lot. Copy like, Vampire I... Slayer. Would you like to see? Or would yeah, you like to people, read a cool? Ver- the people I'm talking about don't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer either. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like I I know a lot of people that are like outside of our bubble in general in most regards of our lives. And uh, yeah, like I I got my mom to read Dresden Files. Like selling Dresden Files was like. I had to like really pitch it, like talk about it multiple times, keep bringing it up, kind of stuff, right? Because like once I mentioned Dresden Files, the first thing they think of is like the Harry Potter series, right? It's a modern once you, fantasy. Once you explain that he's a wizard, yeah, yeah, yeah right? Because that's the first thing that like it's a modern wiz- modern day wizard, and that's like the first thing that pops in their head, and then I have to like separate the two. Yeah, I mean, I would say like. Right, so like it has its own roadblocks. Dresden Files has its own roadblocks that's separate from Star Wars too. Yeah, but I think like, hey, you know how like a bunch of people, uh, like nobody hates Harry Potter that much, except for like unless you're like an Orthodox Christian kind of thing. Like you can have people who are not into Harry Potter, but like you can, but you can. Everybody knows of a Star Wars fan, like. Like trying to say, like trying to get somebody into a fandom of like, hey, you know how Harry Potter is kind of approachable. Well, imagine hey, Dresden Files is like a more adult version of that that doesn't suck as much or like is better written kind of thing. It's more adult. Uh, like I think that's an easier sell than like 
hey, you've never seen Star Wars, right? But like, uh, don't look at a picture of a Star Wars fan, by the way. Um, yeah, so like these books are kind of interesting, and you can watch the movies, and like you'll be part well, of. This well, if if thing. I met someone who had never seen Star had never seen Star Wars, doesn't know Star Wars, I would definitely not start them with this, this book. Yeah, or right. any it's Star Wars book for so that what about, matter. I would start about, them with the movies. Yeah, what about a person that's watched the movies, doesn't read books, right? Watch the movies, doesn't read books, doesn't really like into a lot of sci-fi stuff, but they they're familiar with the with um, the Star Wars movie media right they don't watch the cartoons or any of that or right. the comics so then they're like hey i kind of want to get into books like how do you get someone to go into let's say a Shit, sanderson book my... compared to this book this would book would be easier sell than a sanderson book okay then so once, once they get a book, book my... then you're like all right now try sanderson Sure. I guess we're going back to sort of my my previous thesis here is like so this person has watched the movies and they've liked the movies. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna stop talking to them. Um, well, that's not a good way to get someone into. <laughs> is, why, is that, that the assumption that they've this... seen? Is that the assumption yeah. that they've seen all nine movies and are, and, and want more? Like, is is See, that, that what that's we're doing? This? We're, we're not assuming that they've seen all nine movies. Like, I'm assuming uh, someone who watched Star Wars when they were younger isn't really that much of a reader and hasn't seen the, the sequel trilogy or maybe hasn't even seen the fucking prequels because th that, that exists. But I even guess they did. Like... Even if they did, it doesn't matter. Like if they've seen all of it or if they haven't seen all of it, they're just interested in the expanded universe or they're, they're just interested in getting in the books and they like, Hey, I kind of like sci-fi stuff. Because most yeah. people don't recognize Star Wars as fantasy. They see it then as sci-fi. Then right? I would say, like, hey, have you read Ender's Game? It is a very solid beginner point of science fiction. I don't, uh, I don't would know. They, would they jump into Ender's Game before this book? What are the odds? They would probably, because they have frame of reference of oh, Star Wars, you know what they I recommend? might jump into this book. I recommend Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is absolutely... It is very approachable. It's very light on the science fiction. It's super and is a short. Master... It's super short and is a mastercraft of uh, uh, fuck, I forgot the word. Um, satire. Satire, but I was gonna say uh, uh, like the quality of the text, like the writing itself. But ah. I forgot the word all of a sudden. Um, like it's absolutely perfect. Anybody, I, like, read the book, and if it's it's it, this book should be for everybody. Um, but it is an absolutely amazing point, starting point for science fiction. If I consider, I, I don't know if I consider Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to really be a sci-fi book. Like it, it definitely has science exactly. fiction elements. It's, it's very approachable, I think. I think, and I think it's an absolutely amazing piece of work that somebody should go read. If someone's like, I want to get into books. I'm like, you cannot go wrong with Hitchhiker's it's a super, Guide. To the it's Galaxy. a super easy book to get into, and it's hilarious. Yeah. I've never read it. Oh my god, you should! <laughs> like I, I was, I was, I kind of wanted to mention or or pick that book, but it's just so short that I, I would have to like pick another book because it, it's it's such a short audio book. It's really good. Yeah, I I <laughs> I would even recommend the movie. Uh, they're not really the same thing. Uh, well, yeah, no. The, well, the, the love it. Hitchhiker's Guide it's... changes from every single medium it goes through because the original radio play was different from the book, and yeah. the book was different from the television show that came out on BBC, and then the movie was different from all that too. I cannot recommend Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy enough. It's great. If someone's like, I want to get into books. Uh, read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, hundred percent. Like, I want like a sci-fi-ish kind of thing, uh, but I don't really like. Uh, super bogged down sci-fi. I don't want to. want to read Star Trek. Okay, read Hitchhikers. Yeah, uh, it's great. And when it gets to the sciencey stuff, it just kind of it, it's super silly. It's super silly. The infinite improbability really drive. Yeah, but it's also super smart at the same time. I think one of my absolute favorite pieces of writing ever is in uh, Restaurant at the End of the Universe, which is like the second book in the series. Is that the third? Um, third? It's the second one. Okay. Um, so at the end of the first book, they say, I know of a really good restaurant at the end of the universe. Right. Um, um, <laughs> they're, they're, it's like this, it's like this, like two, maybe three pages. And it's like a fake science article about an alien 
who wonders where all of his pens disappear to when he drops them on the ground. And he writes like this big math paper and he like gets like the Nobel Prize of the time. It makes me laugh so hard. So good. I cannot recommend Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy enough. Uh, conclusion of Air of the Empire. Go read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think uh, to the Empire. I don't think uh, Star Wars books is gonna play well further along with uh, with Burger. I think we should pick more Star Wars books. I don't. Okay, I I didn't hate the book. I think it's fine. I know, I know. It's just talking shit. We're just talking shit. Yeah. Uh, Do you like Karen Trap? Do you like Karen Travis? I don't know what Karen Travis is. She's an author. She does a lot of sci-fi books. She actually wrote a number of Halo books too, and she's done a (laughs) few different. You watched that video uh, but, I said, right? I watched that video. Based upon that video, no, I don't know if you're given a, a good appraised person. <laughs> She's written a couple of um, Star Wars books as well. Did she I read? Did, did she write the Halo books that the guy liked? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, she he was she was one of the ones that he he highlighted in that video too, Karen Travis. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I think she's written a couple of no, she didn't write any of the X Wing books. I think she wrote some of the um, Mandalorian books. See, I, if if we were gonna read more Star Wars fiction, I would want it to be um, Old Republic or Mandalorian stuff, um, or maybe uh, what is it, the Bane sequence? Like that's where Darth I would be Bane? interested. Well, Darth Bane is Old Republic, so yeah, that works. He, I thought he's like kind of after the Old Republic. He's in between. He's in between them. He well, he sets up the rule of two, so it's it's after the the Sith Wars and all that stuff, but it's still technically Old Republic era. Yeah. Not wrong. Okay. I think uh, separating from from the Skywalker continuity is always yeah is like, I, the move right. Yeah, like in my head, I am a hundred percent done with anything that exists around the time where Kathleen Kennedy has had her uh, fingers in Star Wars. Unless it's severely removed from a continuity, but even then, it's hard for you. Yeah, yeah. well, because because you you are forced. Like, yeah. In this modern era, you are forced to compare the two directly, yeah. and I'm very much done with them. Well, the Path of Destruction book, for, uh, the Darth Bane book, is actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Oh, Darth Bane book. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Because um, the Old Republic is probably, I think, the best. Um, so there's a lot piece. of room there for world building like yeah well so the two high. games of the uh, old republic one and two i think are the best star wars fiction i've ever interacted with um don't worry they're starting the high republic soon yeah i don't know how i, I feel about that if it if although it's it involved it, it, with disney in any way i well, don't care the, the high republic does take place care. in the old republic so yeah it's the end of it yeah right it's like the 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 burger does not look happy. <laughs> if, it's, if, it, if, it has, if it has anything to do with Disney, I really don't care. I mean, it's always going to involve Disney. Yeah, that's that, that's something you can't separate that's, anymore. That's, uh, or maybe that's maybe, maybe yeah. Sony will sell it. Uh, well, not Sony. Um, maybe Disney not, will sell it. Disney is never selling stuff. I would 1,000% support legislation that breaks up uh, monopolies like Facebook, Disney, and, uh, other, and Amazon. All right. Um believe we've discussed what we can of the book at this point. So now it comes time to I believe in the order you are next, Chris, right? I think so. Yeah. This yeah. is your book, then it's Chris, and then Nate and me. Um I kinda I wanna do Sandman. By Neil Gaiman. You do like oh, okay. Gaiman. For some reason, I thought it was Stephen King, and I was really not excited. No, we should Neil do Gaiman. a Stephen King book just for that. I dislike Stephen King, but do you prefer I just don't Dean like his Koontz? Voice. I don't think I've read a Dean Koontz book. I need to finish Dark Tower series. I still haven't finished them. Mm. <laughs> this is Burger's face. So, uh, can you give? So, is. Sandman, your choice, or are you still... Yeah, Sandman's of... my choice. That's what I want to do. Because, yeah, that's what I want to do. I like Neil Gaiman, books in general. Is it Sandman a part of something? Like, it's part of some greater so it's series? originally a graphic novel. It's a graphic yeah. novel series that's uh, um, 
considered one of the greatest graphic novel series of all time. Okay, uh, are we than, doing the graphic novel? Watchmen? No, we're doing... He, so, he's actually... They started doing um, the Audible. There's an Audible for it. So that's what we're going to do. They just okay. came out. Um, it's 11 hours long. So, fairly short. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, fully voice acted. Um, essentially, it's... I mean, it's a fantasy setting. Like, semi-modern fantasy setting. But can you, I thought give it us was... a, can you give us a brief synopsis or anything? Yeah, so the main character is um, Morpheus. He's the... Essentially, like, there's a bunch of different, like, god-like beings. Uh, but he's Morpheus the... I'll just read the thing. Um, when the Sandman, also known as Lord Morpheus, the immortal king of dreams, stories, and imagination, is pulled from his realm and imprisoned on Earth by a nefarious cult, he languishes for decades before finally escaping. Once free, he must retrieve the three tools that restore his power and help him rebuild his dominion, which has deter- deteriorated into in his absence. As the multi-threaded story unspools, the Sandman descends into hell, confronts Lucifer, chases rogue nightmares and ha- that ha- who have escaped his realm and crosses path with an array of characters. I see. Yeah. Okay. You have to do the uh, introduction to the show as best you can to the tune of Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fully voice casted, so each character has their own uh, actor. So, nice. For some reason, I thought it was like attached to the disc Any... thing. Any um, any famous names attached to the voice cast? Uh, James McAvoy is uh, Morpheus. Cat uh, Dennings is the Death. James McAvoy. Baseball player? No, James McAvoy. Tennis player? Professor no. X. Professor X. Oh. Uh, um, oh Andy Stewart. These timelines are getting confusing. Yeah, Andy Circus is in it. Uh, Michael Sheen as Lucifer. Michael uh, Sheen as Lucifer. Wait, Michael. Yeah. Wasn't Michael Sheen in Good Omens? But he played the angel, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, lots is of people. it high fantasy or is it like a modern fantasy kind of thing? It's more of a modern fantasy. Yeah. We'll see okay. how they do it, uh, at least in the comic books. But this comic book was written, or the graphic novel was written ages ago, long time ago. So it was in that time. So they, Neil Gaiman, what he tends to do with a lot of this stuff is, well, kind of modern things up when he comes out with like new ver- variations of it. So. Who knows what he's going to do in the audiobook compared to the graphic novel. Um, but yeah. Terry okay. Pratchett did Good Omens with, with Neil Gaiman, with right? Him. Yeah, yeah. They both did it together. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. For some reason, I thought the Sandman character was associated with Discworld. Uh, but I guess that's just because Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman are attached together in my head, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But, Isn't um, there also a Sandman in Marvel? Spider-Man villain? Yeah, yeah he was in the, the Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man yeah. 3? <laughs> yeah. Did you watch that stupid yes, GIF I yes. said? <laughs> oh, but, man. Um, this book takes place the first three graphic novels. So, okay. F- three volumes, the first three volumes. And I've, I haven't read the second and third volume. I've only read the first volume, and I really And you have it. not listened to this audiobook yet, or you have No, I haven't. Okay. It so just you're, came you're, out. So like, you're going in uh, fresh. This came out the same day as... Uh, Peace talks. Oh, okay. Like when you said, yeah, yeah I, I, I did hear you say that it just came out, but I, like, I don't know what the time frame of yeah. it just came out was. Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to other or read other Neil Gaiman books or not. Um, I did I um, the them. Norse mythology one, and then I did mm-hmm. do Go to Good Omens. Hey, did Norse mythology? I like Norse mythology. Yeah. yeah. American Gods, Norse mythology. Uh, I did American Gods as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the the show the show really disappointed me. Show takes book. a rapid left turn. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the show for what it is, but yeah, no, it's it's I'm able to separate. But you have to separate different. yourself from the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah, I've yet to watch the second season of the show because I heard like they had so much production issues. Oh, and apparently there's even more production issues. Yeah. With, like they got rid of fucking um, Orlando Jones. Yeah. So. That's what's made me not want to watch continue watching because of yeah. all those those production issues. I'm like worried about quality and stuff like that because I did enjoy the show for what it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, Enter Sandman. Two weeks. Enter Sandman. Yeah, Enter Sandman. 
That's how we're going to start the podcast. I don't think we can. We're going to play like five seconds of audio until we go. Five seconds and then that's it. (laughs) And don't do the beginning of the song. You have to do like five seconds like into the song somewhere randomly. Yeah. (laughs) I said you got to do the episode opening. Yeah. And then you you can't open the episode with it because how the algorithm works is it it usually like checks the first 10 minutes of a show or like first five minutes and then after that you get a little bit more of a more leeway Wiggle room yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why if you watch a lot of um reaction videos for like songs and stuff they don't start it right away they wait yeah a few minutes and Do they a little just bit talk talky talk. yeah all right yeah youtube doesn't like it if you cuss in like the first minute of the video or something like that from what i'm hearing fuckers they don't like a lot of stuff yeah certain yeah. keywords in general all right, so we'll go ahead and just end the episode now then. We've yeah. discussed it. All right, bye. Bye.